This episode of Weed and Grub at Hall of Flowers is presented by Smoking Paper. Smoking is one of the leading brands in rolling papers. You can find smoking on five continents and in more than 100 countries worldwide. Slim, king size, hemp, there's a smoking paper for every kind of roll. Smoking is committed to quality papers and respect for the environment. Follow at Smoking Paper on Instagram or go to smokingpaper.com. Smoking, roll with it. Hello. And welcome to Weed and Grub. Hey everybody, we are so excited to bring you a very special series of mini-sodes in partnership with Smoking Paper. Weed and Grub at Hall of Flowers. Hall of Flowers is an industry-only, highly curated trade show designed to facilitate the trade of premium licensed cannabis products in every category. Flower, concentrates, edibles, topicals, and accessories. It's an incredible show that brings together the most innovative brands, retailers, and industry insiders to incubate the future of cannabis brands. We were so happy to attend and to speak with several leaders in cannabis at the event for this series. Here's our interview with Elise McDonough. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? We are coming to you live. I'm sorry. I am good. Yeah, good? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was already moving on, and you had asked me a direct question. There's just so much going on. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Welcome to Hall of Flowers, Welcome where we're recording live from. Yes, and yeah. we're here with Elise McDonough. Great to be here, you guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, Elise, I mean, this is so fucking exciting, because the last time I was here, we were together. That's uh, right. On site for a uh, cannabis cup that you had built and powered as a one-person show. And I broke my foot that morning, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who remembers that? That was crazy. Wow. What happened? Something drop on it? I got up in the middle of the night to yell at my coworkers who were partying too hard. And when I got up, I slammed my foot into the bedpost. Oh. And then I had to get up at 6 a.m. and uh, hobble around and set up a whole show. <laughs> Fuck. It was <laughs> wild because it's so... I mean, now here we are at Hall of Flowers. You have a new title with a new company. You're doing amazing things in the space. It's just so crazy that we have this history at High Times where I watched you put together giant events and uh, kind of run the show. And I don't know. It's just kind of neat to be here now and like revisit and say, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, I love coming back to this venue because like I know all the ins and outs, secret gates, the best bathrooms. I got it on lock, you know. Where you take the bookcase and you pull the right book and everything opens oh, up yeah, and you go back. Oh, yeah, the secret passageways underneath the fairgrounds. Uh -huh. I'll take you guys around later. Great. We can hotbox the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Can I also just bring up the fact that the last time we were here was the time that the uh, videographer got way too high and shot a bunch of B-roll of your dogs. Oh, yeah. I would love to get that B-roll, actually. I should find that guy. That would be great. He was warned not to eat yeah. any edibles, and he, like, housed a bag of popcorn. Yeah. And then we just found him, and he was just filming Elise's dogs, Charlie yeah. Charlie and Miles. Miles. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so funny. I remember that. <laughs> what kind of dogs? I got little wiener dogs. Yes. Little miniature dachshunds. Yeah, they're good little boys. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, did you get wiener dogs because uh, you love cooking like we do, and you were like, well, if I'm going to get a type of dog, it should have food qualities to it <laughs> Gross. well it's actually funny because like i grew up with big dogs 
And then uh, I lived in New York City, you know, working for High Times for so long. And um, little dogs are just where it's at, easier to take care of. Um, my aunt actually bred my dogs, so they were uncle and nephew. Little dog family. Cute. Yeah. So now Charlie is 13 and he's kicking it. And uh, yeah, I, I love dogs. Dogs are awesome. <laughs> They're good dogs. Yeah. Can, can we just really quickly, I, I'm so excited to talk to you and I wish we had hours to break it all down because your background and how you've grown with the cannabis industry is so fascinating to me. Can you just give a little overview for our listeners of how you started working in, in the weed world? Sure, yeah. I started at High Times in 2002. Worked my way up the ladder over there um, in the art department. And then I got really into edibles. So I wrote the High Times Cannabis Cookbook that came out in 2012. Um, moved to California and was working for High Times in California doing Cannabis Cup events. And then after leaving High Times, uh, as their, I was their first ever edibles editor. And then when that whole thing ended, I wrote the Bong Appetit cookbook for Vice. Holy cow. And so that was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, my husband also, uh, David Bienenstock, was involved with Bong Appetit. So a lot of good connections there. And I've just always been really into cooking, infusing foods, uh, pairing cannabis with food and wine experiences. So that's been a fantastic adventure that's now brought me to work for Canacraft, which is a really big company based here in Santa Rosa where I'm a brand manager for Satori Chocolates and all other confections. So that means that I will get to launch new products and new brands and infuse new things. And that's just, you know, it's got a real Willy Wonka vibe to it and I love it. Hell yes. <laughs> You've created cookbooks? I have, I have created two of the best-selling cannabis cookbooks out there. And it's been this widely expanding genre. So it's been really fun to watch other people come out with their cookbooks as well and just you know getting to know a lot of people who have specialized in cooking with cannabis is been tremendously inspiring and just a lot of fun and a lot of wonderful meals you know and as a longtime cannabis cup judge you're arguably probably the world's foremost expert on tasting edibles I mean you know you've tasted everything from yep. every market and every yep. aspect of food and I'm sure in, in like multiple countries now right I mean oh yeah well in Amsterdam the they didn't do the edibles so much as part of the contest because it was just like considered a hard drug in Amsterdam um, I do remember having some really excellent hash hot chocolates in Ooh. Amsterdam it was so good from a place that no longer exists called Chocolata but at one point I did tally up all the ones that I had tried as a cannabis cup judge and it was over 500 products um, through, you know, something like more than 20 events that I got to participate in. And yeah, in pre-regulation era, we were eating stuff that just like was pretty wild by today's <laughs> standards, you know. Was it somebody who just brought a tray of Rice Krispie treats and dumped them on a table and oh, said, yeah. thank you so much? Oh yeah. I remember some of the first things that we got were like bananas dipped in chocolate that were just like wrapped in saran wrap with like no label, no sign, like no nothing, no idea of the dose. And so we were just boldly going where no one had gone before and just <laughs> eating all kinds of stuff, um, including like, you know, fresh squeezed juices and a lot of like really cool inventive things that unfortunately you can't legally bring to market these days because of all the regulations. 
what, how, how have you seen the regulatory market in California unfold? Do you feel like it's affecting cannabis culture in a negative way? Do you see mostly positive aspects? Are you split? There's pros and cons. Um, there's some very obvious like public safety issues and food contamination issues that the regs aim to address and did so very successfully. But it also quashed a lot of innovation. And uh, you know, you don't see the variety or the diversity of far out interesting products like you used to. And the standardization of the dosages, while it's good for adult use and new consumers to have microdose options at five or 10 milligrams, you know, the state says a dose is 10 milligrams, but for those folks who seriously need it for medical issues, they can eat way more than 100 milligrams in a day. So for those people, it's, it's hurt them. And that's something that I aim to address through education and teaching people how to make their own edibles at home so they can tailor it to their lifestyle and to address their own specific you know, conditions. And you did a whole bunch of research with all of the different fats and how THC mm -hmm. bonds to the various molecules and put out a series of videos about uh, can of butter and can of oil infusions. Yeah, we did a really fun series for High Times back in the day called the Ultimate Can of Butter Experiment, where we tested out four different butter methods and then got everything, got all the lab results, did video series about it. And it was really fascinating because people are always coming up to you being like, my butter is the best butter method and you have to stir it every 20 minutes for 24 hours counterclockwise under the full moon. <laughs> and like, you know, so you get a lot of hippie legend and lore as far as like making can of butter. But yeah, we put it to the test and that's uh, a really fantastic series that's still on YouTube. And then as far as infusing it to different fats, yeah, we did some experiments with that and we found that you know, the saturated fats that are solid at room temp, like butter and coconut oil, it's going to absorb more THC than something like olive oil. Um, so that's really fascinating to me, the science that goes into it. And that's another fun thing about Canacraft is they've got some really intense food scientists and chefs working there. So I'm always learning, always looking for new things in the cannabis world. And I think it's important for people to realize, like these days, so much stuff is just made with distillate, you know? And you're not gonna get as high as you could when you eat that THC with fat. So I always just tell people, you know, fat is good. Make sure you're getting your can of butter in you and you're gonna have a different effect versus the distillate-based edibles. When you are creating cookbooks and doing all of these tests and doing all of that, how do you, how do you manage a day? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> well, back when I was judging for Cannabis Cup, I would train for it. Like I would like steadily increase my dose like a week before. And like in those days, I could go up to 100 milligrams comfortably and still get up and go to work the next day and all that. Um, these days, I'm a bit more moderate. Um, I usually like a dose around 20 milligrams or so. But it's like I sleep well, you know, I function well, and uh, it's a, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. I know that some people are tremendously sensitive to it. They can have like one little mint that's like two milligrams and be like, I'm tripping out. Sure. But like for me, that's just not how it works. So, um, you know, everything in moderation. And yeah, I've been saying go low and slow, I think, for like the past 10 years. You're the first person I ever heard it from. <laughs> yeah. Go I should trademark that. You really Seriously, should. Seriously, get it. Get slow it. And slow. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a new user of edibles, just make sure that you wait the full two hours for it to be manifested in your body 
Because that's the most common story I hear, and I'm sure you guys hear. I've felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or experienced yourselves. Is that, oh, I ate this cookie. I didn't feel anything after a half hour, so I ate more. And then two hours later, I was just like way, way, way too high. So We recently made a cobbler that I didn't... Um, like I didn't really know how strong it was going to be because um, we infused the butter at home and it was with some shake from a home grow that friends mm -hmm. had given us and it was like a little stronger than I anticipated. It felt great. Yeah. <laughs> and delicious. And it yeah. was delicious. But I wondered, what advice do you have for home chefs to, um, how can they sort of guess at what the dosage is going to be if they're not, if they don't have access to testing their own butter? It's tough, especially if you don't have any lab test results for your flour. Like if you're working with flour that's around 20% THC, then there's a series of formulas so that you can guesstimate what the ceiling uh, dose of your finished edible will be. And we explain that in Bong Appetit and we explain that in the High Times Cookbook. But without the benefit of lab testing, it's really difficult to know. So if you're working with cannabis at home, it's just really important to yeah go low and slow, eat a tiny little bit, see how it affects you, and then try to work with the same material as much as you can, the same consistent starting material, mm -hmm. and take notes, and you'll be able to dial it in. And just always use less than you think you're gonna need. Yeah. You know, because a little bit does go a long way. For things like low and slow, uh, would you advise something as simple as like butter basting? or like finishing a dish with like oil or anything like that just to like see what that does before you start infusing the entire meal with it? Or would you, or like does butter basting not even really do anything because it's high heat and? One approach that I always recommend to people is to make an infused sauce. Like if you're cooking for mixed company, um, you don't wanna create two entirely separate dishes, you know, one infused and one not. A good approach is to make an infused sauce. Sauce is easy to dose because it's homogeneous. You know, it's easier to test out the volume. Um, and then just add a little bit of sauce to your finished dish if you want an infusion. And what I like in California now is that you can buy pre-infused basic ingredients like butters and oils and use that to cook with. And that's gonna be a lot easier to dose. But yes, you can just get some olive oil, and drizzle it on at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes it a lot easier. Ooh, we to could have a fondue infuse. party. We mm -hmm. could like infuse some Ooh. cheese and then, yeah. you know, two milligram dips. Yeah, that would be a Holy lot of fun. Holy shit, yes. <laughs> we had a nacho cheese fountain one year in Michigan. You remember that at Cannabis Cup? I don't think I saw a nacho cheese fountain. Oh, that was a blast. Yeah. Oh, I'll wow. put my head under that goddamn thing. <laughs> That'd be great. I did have a pitch, uh, a book, a new book pitch for you because of the low and slow thing. What do you think about um, a barbecue cookbook? for infusion it's called low and slow and you can dial in barbecue sauces and you could do low and slow brisket and it would just be a really delicious book that would be great and i think there's so many savory applications for edibles like people get hung up on the sweet stuff because that's traditionally how people have been ingesting cannabis the sugar helps you feel a bit higher a bit faster and um pairing it with things like chocolate helps it cross your blood brain barrier but I think there's a lot of savory applications as well. And I love the idea of barbecue sauce infused with cannabis. Wouldn't that be delicious? Mm -hmm. Do you do any of the raw juicing? Do you find any benefits from raw cannabis juice? Yeah, that's something I got into when I first moved to California in 2010. 
I was volunteering with the Wham Collective in yeah. Santa Cruz at wham.org. Check them out. They have been true freedom fighters uh, since the very beginning in 1996. But yes, they were juicing the raw leaves, and you don't get high from it, but you get a nice dose of THCA. Um, so people, for people who don't know, uh, the THCA is present in the raw plant, um, and then you have to dry it or heat it to convert it to THC. So when you're juicing, you're just getting some medicinal benefits, and uh, you can juice it just like kale, you know, combine it with apples and carrots and other things as part of a healthy routine. Nice. I'd like to transition for a moment and then come back to food because thanks to Mary Jane, I followed you on the internet and you are one of my fucking favorite follows for all of the knowledge information articles that you share. And I was hoping we could talk a little bit about how you like why what's important to you with all of the things that you're putting out there so everyone else knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I mean, thank you for that. Yeah, and people can follow me, uh, Cannabis Edibles 420 on Instagram or Elise McD 420 on Twitter. And I love to follow what's going on in the cannabis edible scene, uh, mostly around public safety. You know, you still see a lot of really bad laws coming out there and things like in Quebec, like they're saying, we don't want to have edibles in Quebec. And like Canada has legalized nationwide. What's foolish about that approach is that it's easy enough to make edibles at home, but it's really hard to dose them correctly. And so when you close people off from the legalized regulated marketplace, you're only encouraging them to make it at home, which they may or may not have success with or have a good experience with. So I just want people to have a good experience with cannabis edibles. I know it's been very controversial. Um, but yeah, it's important that people be safe. And so I try to spread that message. There's also a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of people with a lot of polish on the shoe, but the shoe isn't made too well. Well, and especially I think with CBD now, there's, mm-hmm. you know, like a wealth of misinformation. But mm-hmm. people don't know about terms and they're banding them around and talking about full spectrum and isolate and this and that. And it's like there's a lot of people saying a lot of things without knowing much. Yeah, like that ridiculous 420 CBD infused burger and like all this stuff that's just a blatant, you know, yeah, attempt like, to get press. Yeah. Oh, was that Hardee's or Jack in the Box or something did that? Yeah, it mm-hmm. was um, Carl Jr. Yeah. whoever. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like putting CBD willy nilly into everything is a bad idea because we still don't understand enough about how it functions in the human body. Um, it can be contraindicated with certain medications it can actually exacerbate some conditions like glaucoma. Um, And then you get this attitude in society that THC is somehow demonized because it gets you high. There's this, my friend coined a term called euphoranoia. People are afraid of getting high. They're afraid of losing control. But THC beyond making you feel high has a ton of medicinal benefits in and of itself. And so it's not like this angel and the devil on your shoulder and the devil is THC and the angel is CBD. That's not true at all. It's like these two cannabinoids work best together. And so that's something that people need to learn more about before they're just, you know, chugging CBD coffee and putting (laughs) it in everything. Yeah. Oh, my CBD Gatorade. I have CBD eye cream. You do? Yeah. How does it go? It was free, so. (laughs) (laughs) One of the perks. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> Can I ask you about um, being a woman in the industry and what you see, what you have seen in, during your time uh, as a, you know, working in the art department at High Times and really being part of a boys club as one of the few women who was, or I don't know, how did you feel about your time there and you know, coming all the way through the legal market and now what you see happening with the legal industry? Do you see gender parity? All that kind of stuff. Sure. Big question, I know. Yeah, sure. No, it's, it's very interesting because in my personal experience, I've always been treated really well. Like at High Times... You know, it was an interesting environment. It was much more kind of outlaw culture, but I was always treated well as a woman. Um, these days, in general, what I see happening that's very unfortunate is that we're getting a lot of people coming in from the outside who are not from cannabis culture, who are from, you know, venture capitalist culture or just sort of a more bro culture and they're bringing their values with them and it's infecting the cannabis space in a way that's somewhat negative. Um, so you're seeing less opportunities for female CEOs, you know, more of just the attitudes that are prevalent in society are also, no surprise, prevalent in cannabis. And this is something that I've written a bit about for Leafly in terms of there's new funds that are seeking to support women-owned businesses. So it's called Treehouse Global Ventures, and I wrote about them. And their aim is to increase the amount of female founders and CEOs in the space. And so that's something that needs to be addressed not only in cannabis, but across our entire society. Like, why do so few female founders get VC funding? And it's tough, it's especially tough in cannabis because that's like the only source of any funding. It's really hard to get a bank loan. It's really hard to like fund your business in the traditional way. So a lot of women, a lot of minorities, a lot of people of color just get shut out of the business and it's just not fair. So that's definitely an issue that I see out there today. Another thing that you're doing to educate people. I mean, I feel like you're deaf. You are a great follow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and you yeah. write so much about, well, yeah, Leafly and your yeah. cookbooks and I hope you're still going to be writing while you're at Canacraft and... Yeah, I'll be creating a lot of content for Satori and Canacraft around education with cannabis edibles. And yeah, I still hope to continue writing. Uh, maybe I'll work on a tell-all book about our oh. past experiences. Yes, yes please. please. Yes, There's please. so much to say. Do you have that recipe that is um, that your white whale of a, oh, of a dish? Like, my favorite things, honestly, is cooking with ice water hash. Ooh. Because I think that ice water hash, you can use it like a spice. And it just adds this flavor. So I remember there was a recipe that I got from a Cannabis Cup winner, this guy named Corey Clodhill. And he was a chef up in Seattle. And he gave me a recipe for what they called cushy caramel cakes. And it was kind of like a molten chocolate cake, but not chocolate. It was with caramel. Mm. And I used ice water hash in it. And it was so delicious. I cannot even explain to you how good it was. <laughs> so look that up. That's hopefully still on hightimes.com. And then also, yeah, hash pairs really well with stuff like pecan pie. Oh. Anything that's got that real nice, you know, burnt sugar kind of flavor to it. I don't it. know that I've tasted hash. So I'm trying to, like, figure out what the profile is you're describing it's like earthy but also like it reminds me a little bit of cinnamon 
Um, it's just got its own hashiness to it, you know? Mm. So I kind of think that's the future, honestly, is like we're just going to be working with decarbed hash and just put it in a salt shaker and just put it on everything. That's, that's the that's approach great. that um, like Jessica Catalano takes. Me. Yeah. Jessica Catalano, who wrote um, Ganja Kitchen Revolution, she was a big inspiration to me, and she was way ahead of the curve when it came to strain-specific flavor pairings. And so that's what she does, is she just, like, puts hash in a salt shaker and puts it on everything. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Great. I can see, like, Michelin restaurants, mm-hmm. and you, like, you, you have your salt, and you have your pepper, and you have your hash. Yep. Great. Great. Yeah, jinx. <laughs> Put it on your pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Parmesan? Come on. Um, well, we have, we, have to, we have to, I mean, we have to have you back because I want to, I don't know, break down so many things with you and talk about all kinds of, you know, food and lore and, yeah. you know, some great stories to get into. About. And some R&D. And some R&D. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think the next time I'm down in L.A., we'll have to find a time to, like, cook a meal and just chill. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, let's That'd do awesome. it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do it right. Let's do it oh. right. Sleepover party. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> up. Heck yeah. Can we watch Hocus Pocus? The, what with Bette Midler? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would say Death Becomes Her, but. Well, well, I guess you're the deciding the vote. Deciding factor. My favorite stoned movie is Step Brothers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Okay. <laughs> the bunk bed scene <laughs> when you're too baked and you're just like, oh, I just need to chill out, man. Just put that movie on and you'll just be laughing and right. fall asleep. Were you playing my drums? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. It's a ridiculous movie, but it always cracks me up. Word. <laughs> Would you uh, share all of your socials and everywhere that everyone can find you one more time, please? Sure, yeah. Find me on Twitter, um, Elise McD420. So that's E L I S E M C D 420. Always sharing the edibles news and knowledge. And you can find me on Instagram at Cannabis Edibles 420. So, yeah, please follow me and we'll have fun. Nice. Yeah. And congrats. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Wow. Thanks. It's so cool. And if you'd like Yay. to find us, we are at Weed and Grub on Instagram or go to weedandgrub.com. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Leave a little written review if you have the time and you feel the need. Slide into the DMs. Slide into them DMs. Uh-huh. Send us a whisk pick. Send, or send Mary Jane a whisk pick. I like a whisk pick. <laughs> What's your favorite size whisk? Do you like the little babies or do you like the big one that you have to use industrial size? I like the ones that are kind of medium size. Not too long, not too tiny. Nice. There Just it is. Just right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.